So you three guys, I don't know if you know this, but as a result of today, well hopefully you will know this because we've been talking about this for the last three months, but as a result of today, you will become the champions of faith when we're all dead and gone, many of us. You guys are not just the future of the church, you're the, the present church and lead us into a, a space of uncertainty and unknown in our culture. And so today is a really significant day. Today isn't just a day that we go, oh, well, we just did this thing and we move on. Today is a day that holds such spiritual significance that we can't just gloss over it or sidestep it or forget it. But we want to embrace that for you guys. We want you guys to feel that you are part of this body of Christ in the fullest way you can be part of it. So don't underestimate today. Don't let the impact of it pass you by or or leave you behind. This will become an anchor for when you need it. When your, wave, when your faith starts to waver and, and maybe doubts creep in, is that there was a day when I was sure. That's today. This is a defining moment. It's like a stake in the ground that you won't retreat from. That you will look back on and this day will encourage you. It will strengthen you. It will give you resolve that you at times will need. It will be the what causes you to have courage when you feel like I don't, have, I don't know how to have courage in these circumstances. Because today you cease to be your own. You are giving God everything. Signing away your life, saying, God, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all yours. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever that looks like, as crazy or ridiculous as that sounds, I'm going to risk it. You guys get to be part of this story that so many before you have, have lived richly. All the way back to this guy called Peter. Peter was an interesting character. He went through a similar thing that we're going to go through, but in a very different way. Where he got dumped into the water and he came up completely changed, completely transformed. See, there's this ridiculous moment in the scriptures. Jesus has died on the cross, he's resurrected, he's defeated death. And he goes to find the disciples. He goes to hunt them down. He's like, where where are they? And he finds them and they're out fishing. And when he gets to the shore and he's looking at them fishing... Peter sees Jesus and jumps out of the boat. Literally jumps. It doesn't go, we'll just turn the boat around. doesn't like I'll take that safety raft and come in. He jumps, leaps out of the boat and makes his way to Jesus. And John the author, who's watching this, who's later to write about this, he says there's this beautiful picture of baptism that's caught here. You see... Peter was Jesus' most loyal follower. Peter was bold and brash. He was strong. He was opinionated. He stuck his his foot in his mouth more times than you could catch. He was like that beautiful puppy Labrador that's almost full size, that charges around thinking it's a puppy, but not knowing its size and weight and knocking over everything. That, That was Peter. You just couldn't help but love him no matter how much stuff he mucked up or he wrecked. And Peter tells Jesus, as they're sharing their final meal together, sit down for this final meal, the last supper, he says, Jesus, I'm with you till the death. Nothing will stop that. I am loyal through and through and through. And Jesus says, no, you're actually not. You're going to betray me. It's going to happen real soon. And and, and Peter wasn't convinced at all, but that's exactly what happens. And so to help us enter into this story, to get the, the, the background, the bulk of what happens for Peter, Jonty is going to come up 
And he's going to read John 21 for us. Come on, Dodzy. John 21 says, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. They were where not they were, sorry, but they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. You can keep going through the whole Bible if you like. It was quite compelling, and you did really well. Thanks, Elgie. So verse, 20, verse 1 of 21 says afterwards, so that means after Jesus had died on the cross, after he had resurrected and defeated death, Jesus appears again to his disciples at the Sea of Galilee. So it's sort of an introductory statement. So then it says in verse 3, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. Now Peter was a fisherman, and here he's called Simon Peter. He hasn't been called Simon Peter for ages. He became, was start Simon, and then Jesus renames him Peter. But here, he's referred to as his first name, as, as if his identity is reverted to back to what it was before he met Jesus. And so, so you have Peter, who's Simon Peter, who, who goes back to where he first started. He goes back, back to his trade, goes back to his fishing, and, say, and, and takes the boat out. He's, he's feeling so dejected, like he's failed Jesus so severely, that he goes back to his, his profession, back to his old identity. And his disciples, his mates said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out, they got in a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? If you're a fisherman, you hate it when people say that. But that's not what you want to hear. Like, how, was the biggest, how big was the biggest fish you caught? But instead it's, have you, have you boys not caught anything? No. No, we haven't, they answered. He said, oh. Got a great idea. Throw the net in the other side of the boat. You'll find some over there. Now you, you've got to realise, like a boat might have been this wide. It wasn't. It wasn't like a massive. It was like let's finish fishing here where we've been fishing all night, and let's just fish here. That's a ridiculous idea. But they were so ticked that they hadn't caught anything. They're like, all right. We'll do it. So they obey. And when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. See, something unusual and incredible happens because a stranger on the side of the lake instructs them to. And then, when all of that happens, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. You say, see, it takes a community to realize when Jesus is present. It takes a community to realize when Jesus is present. Baptism is about community. 
You don't go and get baptized by yourself. It's about giving yourself to the lives of others and to the life of God. Laying aside your right to have life the way you want it to be and accepting this beautiful life that God gives you to live by trusting your, your, putting your faith in God. And so from start to finish, Jesus wants us to realize that he can be trusted. He can be trusted with our lives. Jesus gave up his life. He emptied the grave. He conquered death so utterly and so wholly to show you that your life in his hands can be trusted. That's what baptism reminds us of. God can be trusted. And today, if you're exploring Christ, if you come here and you're not convinced totally of, of how good Jesus is and how much Jesus loves you and what Jesus wants to do in your life, you need to know that he can be trusted. Your life in his hands is a thing that you can trust. So today, we're going to affirm Sam, Jonty, and Riley's baptism today. They're baptized as babies, and today we're going to say, well, God started that work. God started that. He doesn't bring to a completion, but he signifies the development and the maturity of their engagement with that. And empowers them and calls them up. Because they have found that God can be trusted. That they do want to put their lives and their faith in God. And that God is trustworthy to hold that faith. To hold your lives. Which takes a little bit of getting used to. It takes time to work out that God actually can be trusted with the things you want to hold onto. It can be a challenge to enter into that, but God is up to it. And in accepting this and being baptized, you're affirming that you're part of God's people. You're part of a community which helps others see the work of Jesus, and you're part of a community that helps, that allows others to show you what God is doing in your lives. So, as soon as Simon Peter heard him say this, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he'd taken it off, and he jumped into the water. And the words that's used there in the Greek is this cool word, and I'm not sure there's any Greek scholars amongst us, but see if you can work out what this word means, right? The Greek word was the word baptismo. Whoa, how about that, right? So, so Peter jumps into the water and, and John uses the word baptismo, which is the same word that we use for? There we go. It always means good job. So, so Peter, according to John, is getting baptized. Now, the word baptismo literally means to be dunked or to be submerged. It was the word that was used when a, a ship had crashed into a rocks and was sinking. They would say, that's, that's baptismo, and it is sinking. And so the, the church grabbed hold of this idea um, that came out of, of Judaism to say, there's something significant spiritually that happens when we enter into the water, we come out of the water. And so, so this was Peter's baptism. It's in the context of community. And so there's Jesus. He sees Jesus and desires to pursue him. He realizes his brokenness, his sin. He journeys through the water to discover his Savior's redemption. And it was the water that enabled, that, that became a physical reality of what was happening for him spiritually. That the sin and the shame and the guilt that had just grabbed hold of him lost its grip. And he emerges out of the water and he embraces Christ. It's beautiful, it's brilliant. And what makes it insane is 
is just a few days previous to this. If we step back, just before the arrest, Matthew 26, Pete, they're talking around the dinner. It's their last dinner together. The disciples didn't know that. They were just having this wonderful time. And Peter says, even if everybody else falls away on account of you, I never will. I never will. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Not just once, not just twice, three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples agreed. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's us. We agree totally with that. 40 verses later. That's all it took. 40 verses later. Matthew 26, 75. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Those words just then. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly because that's what he had just done. See, Peter, like us, thought if he relied upon himself, he couldn't fail God. But it was because he relied upon himself that he failed God. He was carrying this shame and this guilt and this regret with him. He felt so burdened by it, wrapped up in remorse, a total failure. See, we get lost in the mistakes of our past, don't we? They can kind of grab hold of us and, and latch on. Things that we did, who we used to be, decisions that we made, habits that we're in, sin that we can't get hold of, and it starts to identify who we are and it starts to pull us away from who God wants us to be. It starts to reshape what we're like. It creates guilt and shame and misjudgment and insecurity. But in the midst of that, this is so brilliant, in the midst of that, Jesus turns up. Jesus turns up. Jesus comes to them. Jesus comes to us. Some of you need to know that you don't have to find God anymore. He is already finding you right now. It's such good news. It's not about what you can do in the deal. It's about what God does in it for you and to you. So Jesus sees Jesus comes to the thing, is just dethroned death, exhausted of his power. Peter sees Jesus and he's like, my, my chance. And, and ecstatic, he just leaps from the boat. We don't even know if he could swim. Well, clearly he could, but it might have taken a while to get back there. He just leaps from the boat. Because he is just flooded with this opportunity of, Jesus has come to me. He didn't forget me or leave me or forsake me or say I don't care. Or you hurt me so badly I'm not coming back. Jesus came to him. And as soon as he heard him, he said, it is the Lord. He wraps himself in his garment and he jumps into the water. I reckon Peter looking back on that moment. Years to come, as he leads the church into unbelievable circumstances, as he does all that, he would have looked back to this moment and just been overwhelmed with the love that Jesus had that he came back. And he would have felt still the rush of cold water all over his body, his head going on, leaving the confusion that he was stuck in in the boat and allowing all the stuff, the mistakes and all the shortcomings and the betrayal that he carried to be washed off of him as he swam toward Christ. To be caught up in this relief and excitement of what it all meant. I was thinking back this week to my baptism. I was baptised when I was around 20 or so. Um, we actually got a little reaffirmed the baptism and I got baptised in mum and dad's pool with the church 
gathered around. We're in Victoria, so you just couldn't go out in public like we're going to do today. You just risk your life. There's a frostbite. Um, but we went to Mum and Dad's pool and, and, and celebrated. And I remember, I remember what it felt like. There was something significant that takes place when that water washes over you. Peter would always remember that moment because because of the experiential power to anchor him to the grace of Jesus. That moment forever would be linked to, it doesn't matter what I do, God cares, God loves me, and God comes to me. See, baptism is that moment where we are captured by something far more wonderful than ourselves. It's so amazing. Baptism is when we, we are drawn into a rich history that proclaims Christ as Lord. Baptism is about beginning this mission of God, with God. Peter had denied, he turned away from Jesus at the most crucial moment. But Jesus comes back, resurrected, to reinstate Peter. It was an absolute miracle. Baptism is our anchoring to that miracle that Jesus still comes to us. It anchored him to a time when he knew, when he realised, when he acknowledged, when he was embraced by the grace of God. And I love what happens next. Peter is involved in this exchange with Jesus. The, the way it's written, it's like we're still on the boat. It's kind of like we're looking and we see Peter swim. And there's this moment of, I think, in the disciples that we should have jumped in too. And, and Peter gets out of the water and embraces Christ and they talk. And they shout, and I'm sure Peter's first words were, I'm so sorry. And Jesus responds, but we don't know because no one else was there. Because everyone else stayed safe in the boat. Peter leaps out into the unknown. Don't let yourselves become too comfortable that you miss out on engaging with Jesus and what Jesus wants to engage with you about. See, when you get baptized, we do that. We, we leap out of the boat and we do it in the context of community. So this is validated, this is celebrated, this is something so significant that we go on an adventure of faith, not just alone, but together. And that starts with baptism and it continues well after that. You've not made it today, guys. You don't get to go, ha done, cruise. No, no, no. It's like now it starts to get exciting, right? So Jesus said to them, he says, bring some fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. And it would have just been silly to do that and embarrass themselves. So Jesus came, took bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. And again we see that life with Jesus is meant to happen in community. Where we eat, where we share, where we encourage, where we are challenged, where we are forever changed. We'd love for you to all join us for dinner afterwards. Baptism captures all of this. It grabs hold of the decision you've made to follow Jesus. And it proclaims to the world of following God. Jesus is worth trusting. I mean. And so significant is this, that Jesus himself was baptised. So Riley, would you like to come and read to us about that? Is Matthew 3.30. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, 
I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Thanks, Riley. Baptism is about humbling yourself and acknowledging who God is in your life. You know what's cool about this story? Jesus was baptized before he dazzled anyone. Before he was seen as worthy. Before people went, oh, that's what you need to be to be baptized. He hadn't healed anyone. He hadn't taught anything. He hadn't done any miracles. He was baptized because of who he was and who God was. This is my son, whom I love. You're not impressed with him yet, but I am. I am well pleased. Baptism is responding to who we are before God. It's not something we ever earn. We never need to be ready for. Something we need to be perfect for. The story of Peter we've been looking at happened in his most unprepared position in his life. He was a complete screw-up. There was no reason for God to ever have him back. Because being baptised isn't about I am ready. Being baptised is about I belong to God. The only prerequisite is a willingness to trust God. Baptism is a stake in the ground. You know, at the start I said, guys, this today will be a stake in the ground. I shared this with you the other, the other day that the army used to, when they were about to prepare for battle, they'd get a stake and they'd drive it into the ground. And the commanding officer would say to this stake, he would say, We do not retreat past this point. This stake was called the standard. So they would never retreat past the standard. And so regardless of how brutal the war got or how horrific it was, there was no one was ever permitted would ever retreat past the standard that they set. They fulfilled the standard. They lived in the light of the standard. This stake in the ground. Today is your stake in the ground. May you never retreat past this man. Hold you to Christ. Hold you to his grace. And hold you to his love. So now we're going to move into a time of celebrating this. Of hearing your testimonies. Of praying for you. So let's pray. God, we're just so thankful that you've called us here. We're so thankful for your faithfulness to us. And for Jonty and Sam and Riley's response to your faithfulness. And now may we encourage them, may we celebrate with them, may we partake in this, this wonderful gift of baptism that you give to us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So to prepare with Alright, Sam, you're going to introduce us um, to the sacrament of baptism with the words from Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thanks, Sam. So, Sam, Riley, John T. 
What do you ask of God's church? We ask for a reformation and baptism into the faith and family of Jesus Christ. See, pulling out the notes now, that's the way. <laughs> All right. If I could just interject to uh, just tell you a bit of what's been going on with these guys for upteen number of Fridays. They've been meeting in uh, mine and Ralph's home and really digging into the fundamentals of faith. They've come from some pretty gnarly questions, uh, which has been great because you can see how genuine the curiosity and the hunger for God is. It hasn't just been like a, oh, what do we do now? We're on this journey. Where do we get to? They've really been like diving into this stuff and keeping us on our toes, having go, yeah, we'll ju- we know that answer, we'll just quickly uh, look it up for you. No, but it's, um, it's been great, it's been such good just to see the nature of these boys, they're all servant-hearted, they're all really kind and uh, genuine characters already, which is amazing, and we're just super proud to be here today to be a part of what they're, um, what's happening for them. I have a part that I'm meant to to, uh, I might paraphrase a time, I have a habit of doing that. We are stoked today for Sam, Riley and Jonty, uh, who have come to give witness to the gracious gift of God and salvation, with new faith to commit his work to his work, sorry, to commit to their lives to the work of Jesus uh, and his church. In baptism we die and are raised to life through the death and resurrection of Christ. We are made members of God's family and live under the Lordship of Christ. Despite our unfaithfulness, God is always faithful. And through the Holy Spirit awakens our faith, leading us into new awareness of salvation offered in Christ. Um, as Ralph mentioned before in the, in the parallel, I've never heard of that before, that walking on the water was uh, a journey into baptism, but it resonates so strongly with where I see these boys at, um, that they're not just signing up to something, that they're leaping out of a boat into the unknown, into the call of God, not because of a duty, but because of a hunger for the person of Jesus Christ that they've encountered in our meetings together. So boys, I just want to encourage you and say, just as you leap into it, I'm really confident that God is going to meet you, um, not just with his presence in your life, but with a specific call for each of you. Um, And I just pray that you would... Be ready to, um, to acknowledge and recognise that call as it comes in your own time with him. Um, yeah, so, very stoked. Well, it's their time to share now. Well, John, do you want to be first? This is John, do you want to be the some of you? Hello everyone, for those who don't know me, my name is John T, but I'm sure you all probably know that. I'm a 13 year old boy. For me, my story began when I was a baby. I was baptised and have been grown up in the church and with the kind, loving family that I've been blessed with, to, blessed to have. But when I say story, I mean that that was the very start of my story and my journey with God. And in truth, I am still young. So for me here today, this is where my journey with God starts, properly. It's where I make that decision. That is what I'm here to do. I'm here to confirm the start of my true Christian faith and walk with God. Now, but just like when I was a baby, I was helped along the way to learn and do various things. 
So I also look forward to continue to walk and live and have fun with you as well. Because I know that God holds a lot for my life and he has everything there for me to enjoy and have fun with. So that is where I am hoping to walk with God. So will you now now help me to start this journey with a prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, I am here to thank you now and thank you always for the various blessings you have gifted me. I am here to ask you to just help me to continue that walk that you have promised us all and that you would fill it with love, happiness and adventure as I confirm the start of my great big adventure with you and that you would help me to conquer all those mountains that I might come across. But send me out on that journey, Lord, with the joy and happy spirit you have blessed me with. Lord, I ask all these things in your wonderful and precious name. Amen. don't know me, I'm Riley. I've grown up a Christian all my life and was I was baptised as a baby. God's always been big in my life, but I didn't have God in everything until a few years ago when I was thinking about God and Jesus' love for us and what Jesus did on the cross for us and how it dealt with all my sins. And through that, the Holy Spirit lives with me and makes it easier for me to love others. And this, is made, and this has made me try and put God in the centre of everything. And let him help me love others and show them God's love. Hi, I'm Sam. I was born at a young age and I was was baptised and have gone to church all my life. My parents made me go to church every Sunday and I was taught about all this God stuff that I didn't know much about. As I grew older, I understood the world more, and I knew I believed in God, but didn't really put much of it into action. I prayed daily, most of the time, but faith was not really a key aspect of my life. As I reached the double digits, faith became more than a word to me, and was very important to me, although usually this was restricted to Sundays at church, forgotten throughout the week. About eight weeks ago, I went on a week-long camp known as Leadership. Before this, I was not too keen on losing a full week of my holidays, but while I was at this camp, I met many amazing people who were at a similar stage in their faith as well. Um, I'm thankful for God to revealing himself to me during this camp, and it also helped me realise that uh, just because I don't know the questions to every uh, question about that I don't know the answers to every question about Christianity doesn't mean that I worry ever. I'm thankful for my family. Leadership helped me realise this. I'm thankful that God loves me, that he saved me, and that he has a purpose for me. Well done, guys. Through baptism, we enter into a covenant which God has established with his people. And I invite you now to respond to God's graciousness towards you by publicly answering these questions. All right, here we go. Do you repent of your sins? I repent repent of my sins. Do you turn to Jesus Christ who has defeated the power of sin and death and brought us a new life? I turn to Jesus Christ. It's still right. Do you commit yourself to God, trusting in Jesus Christ, the Saviour and the Holy Spirit as God's power and presence along the way? I commit myself to God. 
Now, will you stern, stand with Riley, Sam and Jonty as they reaffirm their baptism and offer them your friendship, prayers and as they journey on their faith and life? And if you accept that, you will say, please stand, and you will say loudly, with God's help, we will. Together we'll say, thank you very much. May the words of Deuteronomy 3.16 always define you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of anything. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Would you please be seated? And I'm going to invite the mums to come up. I'm going to invite Carrie and Wendy. Is that right? Oh, the dad, Greg and Wendy. Yeah, come on up. You can come too, Clydale. Because they've got some words that they'd like to speak over you guys. Um, and they're obviously standing off a little bit. Come, come, there we go. Come a bit closer. I'm going to hand it over to you. Okay. Come, Dale. <laughs> uh, Samuel. Your name itself carries with it the assurance that you're not here by accident or random design. You are our firstborn, the long-awaited and hoped-for child, a fulfilment of God's promise to us, so much so that before you were even born, God gave you the name Samuel. He did this by imprinting Hannah's words from 1 Samuel on my heart. And from the message, it says, She named him Samuel because... I asked God for him. I knew then that we would call you Samuel. This verse has been a constant source of encouragement um, to us over our life and your life, sorry. And trust me, it's certainly come back to hit us in the face a couple of times. (laughs) Well, you asked me for him. (laughs) Our prayer, though, is that as it is for us, this can be your encouragement too. You are exactly who God has created you to be. There's still plenty of growing and developing to do, but be assured that God formed you and already knew your name and the plans that he has for you before we even knew that you were there. Helpfully, there's a little more to this story that I want to encourage and leave with you today. In God's perfect timing, Just this year, I realised that there's another part written into chapter one, um, which I want to give to you as it's been given to me. You see, many of us here will be well familiar with how Samuel's story played out in the Bible and the promise that Hannah had made to God. However, I had never really noticed the response of Hannah's husband to everything. After deferring to Hannah's better judgment... He said simply this, yes, let God complete what he has begun. This is our comfort, our assurance and our hope as we pray with you today, as you reaffirm your baptism and commit yourself to Jesus. We stand with you and say, yes, let God complete what he has begun in you yesterday, today and always.
wily Joshua. Yes, your mother has a thing for the importance of a name. Like your brother, your name was not given lightly. And we knew again that we would have a Christian name for you. It seems God didn't seem overly fussed on the order. So ironically, your Christian name became your second name. Joshua, God is my salvation. Ever since you were about three or four and famously announced to us that I've got Jesus in my heart, I think there's a couple of other people in there too. (laughs) We have delighted to see you walk easily and happily with this innate, unshakable faith in God. Our prayer for you as you move beyond your childhood years is that you will always hold fast to the faith that God has so obviously placed in your heart. Look after it, guard it, trust that nothing can separate you from God's loving presence and that God is always able to answer even the most impossible question we may have. So don't be afraid to ask and seek answers. We pray that your faith will grow, that it will be your anchor in times of hardship, disappointment and darkness. And we pray that God will guide the steps of your future. And Ralph already said it, but God spoke to the first famous Joshua and he said, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you. Today, as we stand with you, we pray that you would hear God speaking these words directly to you too. Riley Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you. The, one, the last one left there belongs to Carrie and I. <laughs> uh, but we're all related, so. <laughs> um, and so, Johnny, um, Mum and Dad have um, had some words of encouragement for you also. Uh, but for Sam and Riley, also, may you find encouragement as well. Johnny, today we celebrate your confirmation as you recognise the vows we took for you as a baby at your baptism, now in your own right. As your mum and dad, we are so proud that you have grown in your spiritual journey and recognise the importance and significance of this public affirmation of your Christian faith. We look forward to watching and being a part of where your faith journey will lead you. Remember, John, that you have many generations of your family and friends that have lived and are still living. Well, they are here with us. <laughs> uh, still living wonderful, faith-filled lives. May you look to them as role models and a source of encouragement and strength. And to quote from one of our favourite movies, Jonty, the world is in need of muscular Christians. We are so blessed to have some very special people with us today who shared in your baptism as a baby and have influenced, I think, your decision today. 
here with us today from Eleonora. Thank you for um, for being here with us on uh, on this day, uh, thirteen years later. And of course, more recently with our village family. Finally, Jonty, may you continue to find peace and security in God's love and courage to live out your faith in everything you do. Thanks very much. Boys, Village Church has a, a gift for each of you that we hope you will, um, that it will hold you and, and guide you. And there's some words in the front of these different Bibles that are unique to each of you, that are kind of being penned out of prayer. Um, and the, I'm not surprised, but the beauty that these words actually echo the sentiments that were already just shared without any planning gone into that. So, um, yeah, God is, if you, if you ever doubt that God is speaking, that God is speaking and, um, and loves each of you. So, we're going to pray for these guys as we come out, out of the water. So what we're going to do now is um, Wendy's going to play us a song, sing to us a song. You guys want to um, grab a seat for a few moments. Um, upon the conclusion of that, I'll give us some directions about us walking down to the beach. Um, and we're not going to, after the song, we're not going to dilly-dally. We'll uh, progress with intention. Thanks, Wendy. Um, those of you that were at their baptism, you will recognise this song, which has been updated with the help of uh, Grant. the 
the world. 